0: um so welcome back to the tracks to running podcast i always seem to do this intro and say we're doing more podcasts again It never seems to stick so hopefully this is the start of a continuous amount of podcasts maybe not just one a month um it's funny the last podcast we did was with craig um i can remember the time we did craig um when we were talking about doing a podcast as well and it's just crazy that seems like a, ages ago um so it's like gone full circle so finally got you as a guest and it is a stressful time because, like you just told me off, off the podcast, you have got a drop. Um, what's out in an hour and ten minutes? Would you say now? Is that correct? Yeah, that's it. So talk us. Let's just talk about this drop for a second. Then is it the um, long live? Is it Tim Manali or long live TME? Is that is that the abbreviation on the top or I can't really remember.
1: Yeah, so it's like long live TME is kind of the premise of it. Um, and yeah, it's just it was built off this idea. And obviously, like, it was inspired from everything that we went through and a lot of guys went through individually. And if you saw that video we posted about Brogan, like, a lot of it came specific, like, my inspiration for the collection, like, came from, like, him specifically, because, like, I thought Brogan was actually done. You know what I mean? Like, I was with him in Phoenix. And, you know, it's, like, one thing when you, like, tear a muscle or you get, like, a stress fracture or something, and you're, like, okay, I can get through this. Um, it's another thing when you're like stuck in an injury cycle and it's like, like you feel your hip and then it's your hamstring and then it's your calf and then it's, you know, a bone. And it's like, that's the thing you were stuck in. And the whole idea of long lived TME basically is just from this idea of like, no matter how dead in the water you may feel in the sport, whether it's like how bad you're running or whether it's an injury or something, and you know that there's like a true champion still inside you and that you still can break that tape again one of these days. And that's kind of where this like ju- juxtaposition of like the design of the logo itself being this like skeleton breaking the banner, which is kind of like a play off of the banner that we have on our OG logo, like the Hammernax logo. And then the skeleton's kind of holding up that Hammernax sign that we throw up and we break the tape like right before he throws it down. So that's kind of where the inspiration for it came, but yeah these days are always stressful for me beforehand because there is so much time and effort that's put into like coming up with a story doing the design work um joey did the design for this one um he drew this one so yeah and it's like you know it's the thing that is super unique about our team is it's it is all of us you know our project manager is someone on the team you know like max is running social and doing the videos you know like read does all the you know editing for the blog posts and everything so you know our the actors are our athletes and everything so it is everyone involved and everyone's invested in it and there is like I was telling you off camera like there's all there's always like financial implications when you buy you know hundreds of hoodies and shirts and things like that and it's like you're looking for that return on investment always so that we can use that money and pay it forward to you know pay for training camps and you know like travel for the guys that don't have full um contracts and whatnot so and i take a lot of weight of that you know because it's something that for the majority of these collections it's something that at least for the ideation and everything it's a lot of stuff that i spearhead so i definitely take it all to heart with like the success or failure of it no matter how many times you sell out of an item you still like don't know if it's going to resonate with people or if it's going to be cool you know because like with anything if you spend enough time with it um you're going to end up hating it. Like I'm sure there's plenty of artists out there that by the time they're done their masterpiece, they're like, this is awful just because they've spent so much time or it's like a musician, how much time have they, you know, spent listening to the same thing over? And I'm Max, I know, for example, our brand manager, like when he does his YouTube videos, he probably hates the majority of the videos until like months later, he can go back and watch it just because he's heard the same music and the same montage or you know, the same clips over and over and over again. So yeah, it's always an interesting relationship with that. It's like,
0: you can always look back and enjoy it, but in the moment, it's always stressful. It's kind of funny you said that because I'm just going through trying to make some designs of my own for uh, Christmas or like around the festive period, you know, people like buying gifts and whatever. And I was doing some like varsity designs, you know, the typical, like, you know what I mean? Like the font and stuff. And then I went back on it today to do some more work and try and make some more designs. And these designs I'd spent hours on what well, I looked, I was, I was, really happy with them. Today I went back on, took one look at them and just deleted them. And I was like, yeah. this is just hours of work just gone like that. So it is quite yeah. a I think when you're sort of in a position and it's the same as with videos, blog posts, and definitely clothing, it's sort of like you're putting this work into it and you, you always have a biased point of view towards that work. And That's you good. sort of always know the behind-the-scenes image, the behind the scenes story of it. And it's if that's going to get across to the people who are watching the video as well or buying the clothes. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, this is the first time we've ever really done something like outside of just, uh, you know, our, you know, our own like brand playbook in terms of like, here's our OG logo. Here's our secondary logo. How do those play together, you know, on certain articles of clothing, whether it's an accessory or an item that you wear every day, like how we want it showcase like on our. You know, like fan base and you know, our homies that want to like rep our stuff. So there's a lot of thought that always gets put into all of it. And then this time it's definitely me getting out of my comfort zone, and being like, all right, like, you know, everyone who is like a supporter, a friend that has like ever bought something, you know, they now have some sort of hammer and axe item. So it is time to like continue to evolve as a brand and continue to like make things that will make people excited and empower them. And it's what I say all the time, where it's like the minute someone like or just, you know, our community in general, like no longer wants to buy something, like I'll stop doing it. You know what I mean? Like the only reason I do it still to this day is just because of, I know the empowerment that it does give people to put something, you know, that resonates with them, that makes them feel like they can be a part of our team also to wear uh, a logo or brand of ours. So uh, that's something that's truly special to me that like we have that type of, um, yeah fan base that wants to you know be a part of it
0: so i was thinking um obviously i'm going to use oregon project as an example they're obviously not a team anymore but a lot of people bought their their stuff when they were yeah they amazing
1: their their logo was so good like this and then behind that as
0: well you had fanboys centro galen Rupp, mo farah everyone was there so people still wear that to this day obviously a really nice logo as well but sort of that sort of sits even if they released a really ugly t-shirt let's just say if it had that logo on you would have it maybe put it on the wall or like wear it just because it has that logo and that sort of brand behind it when you're like designing these when are you are you looking at like this needs to look really nice or is it more of like an approach where obviously sometimes we want to make him look really nice but it's also let's say for the example what you're using now what you've got on are you looking at like what will this mean in five years time? Like, cause everyone has nice clothes, but what else sure. does it mean? Is that something you think about regularly when you're designing?
1: Yeah. I think that like, um, you can get really worked up when you're trying to like do something, especially when it's like a product, when it's like a tangible thing, you know, when it's something with like media, you can put it out and they can just do another post, you know, the next day, if you didn't like that format, you know, or the next week, you can launch a new format, whether it's on YouTube or Instagram, but when you're doing something that's a tangible product especially um clothing is something that someone's going to wear um i typically with my creative process like to start very small it's like what is something that like i want to wear you know what are the colors that i want to wear what are the things that i'm going to feel you know cool in what are the running items that i want to wear because they're good enough quality um and you know it's like we have a terex jacket for example in this next collection And Terex is far and away like the best quality of rain specific run material that Adidas makes. And it's a jacket that like I have I've had for like months now. And I was like, I really want to do a Tin Man piece with it with this, you know. So it's starting very small with the thinking in terms of like what do I want directly? And I know if it's something that like myself and my teammates um, want to wear, you know, like we don't want to wear yellow running shorts, you know, like we don't want to wear gold running shorts. Like that would look silly with our skin tone or whatever, you know, Um, like we want to wear black shorts or maybe white if it's like a big day in the summer, you know, and we want to like ball out, Uh, no pun intended. Uh, But like, it's something where from that small idea, you can start to like build and build and build off of that. Like, that's like what you were talking about is like, that's where like the five year, you know, type of thinking is like, especially when we were coming up with those like core logos like there was a ton of thought with what you just said about like can this be something that stands the test of time you know that like is going to be something that people are going to see and recognize and it's going to be able to have like that awareness um, and swagger you know that people want to have you know it's like i personally have never you know had like an orange project article i think i might have worn one before if i was you know at hanging at craig's in oregon and i forgot a jacket or something i put something on but uh i don't even know if craig has anything anymore to sell it at all but uh yeah he, uh that logo is definitely something that was something that i thought about for sure when we were doing the tin man stuff is like i don't want to do just like a typeface you know and i have i still to this day haven't even done a typeface um, just because like one like, typefaces give me a headache um, just because there's so many different ones you can just cycle through and you're constantly just gonna go back and forth. It sounds like what you were doing also, where it's like, oh, this one kind of looks cool, but this one might be better. Um, and that's where like a symbol or an element you know, that embodies it is like something that uh, was very, was much easier for me to wrap my head around as far as like the creative process goes
0: yeah Mm -hmm. on on the sort of cycling through the the thing i've realized the most how much of this is maturing and realizing how sad it is that this is something i get passionate about it's fonts like i hate certain fonts and there's so many different fonts out there that's takes the longest time ever to try and pick a perfect font for a design
1: um i have like folders and folders full of different like tin man tme like all sorts of different like fonts you know that i've been like oh this would looks sick on a shirt and i've never pulled the trigger on it just because like like you said i just will constantly go back and forth between like is this right does this resonate rest the same way that's our symbol logo with the axes like so
0: i yeah i definitely feel you on that one and last question before i ask you some questions about running because i feel like it's, it's good to know where you're at that but i'm very interested in this yeah. uh, design process do you i'm guessing you're like me you prefer i'm guessing wearing samples of clothing like so like one of ones because i'm up to work <laughs> out in a one of one is just the coolest thing ever when it's your design
1: yeah for sure i mean like we're doing um more shoes next year um we're doing a bunch of shoes next year actually and uh getting those samples and like realizing like oh wow there's like actually only like six of these that will ever be made you know what i mean and like in this past archives there like I was thinking about putting one of like the sample pairs of like our Bostons that we did um up and I just like was like man like until we actually figure out like something to like raise money for like you know like underprivileged you know people within the sport or something like I couldn't just put it up and like have like some rich kid just like outbid everyone to buy it or something you know like uh like I couldn't like part ways with it so I definitely hear what you say about that so whenever we do do like a new embroidery or print or something and we get those first samples back um i'm always rushing to the our our, our like place in boulder that we do all, all that stuff to like be sure that our product manager or someone else on the team doesn't get a hold of it first because i want to be sure i'm repping it first so yeah I'm, I'm i'm with you on
0: that see that's the beauty of being a one-man one-man team over at traxton <laughs> <laughs> everything i get oh, i don't know if I've got anything lying around no i don't but like everything <laughs> even though they're all terrible at the minute because I'm just, it's trying to work with producers is a nightmare when you haven't got the right one but yeah
1: I'm yeah, all, it's all uh, uh, like the new gen guys are like doing it all like kind of, So like from China and like first off mad respect for them for doing that rap but it's something that I read that like I also you know originally was like no we're just all going to do our own stuff you know mm-hmm. and then I started to do that process and I was like oh my gosh like there's one no way I'm ever going to be able to like support the team financially if I go that route because of the margins. Um, And what they're experiencing right now is with like the timelines they take, you know, it's like, man, I might be able to do like one of these a year. If I go this route, especially if I'm trying to actually be a pro runner too. Um, At the same time, like I would need, this would need to be a full-time job for me to do that route. So mad respect for those guys. I'm looking forward to seeing what they come up
0: with. Yeah. They, uh, that is such a headache. Holy crap. It is. Ben told me where he where he uh, got his from the exact supplier. I messaged them, couldn't get anything done. I was trying for so long, and it was. Yeah. I thought they were scamming me, honestly. So like, I'm <laughs> at the minute. The profit margins in the UK uh, still good. Producers here, so just thought go with that. It's a lot easier to communicate. Um, yeah. on to running. Where are you at, at the minute with running? How are you doing? Um, yeah.
1: Just like on that comeback, you know, um, is like, I definitely wish I was, I wish I could sit here and be like, uh, Oh yeah, I'm racing next weekend, you know, or something like that. Like I want to be doing these fall races, road races and cross country races. Um, but with this stuff, I've like had hiccups along the way, you know, it's like, um, it's like, I'll do some workouts and then all of a sudden like my hip will flare up. And that's like, what happened to me recently is like, uh, getting your feet back under you, like, sorry, solving an injury is one thing. Really getting your feet back under you is another thing. And like, that's kind of where I'm at right now, where it's like, I'm running every day. I'm putting in the miles again, but I still need to get my feet fully back under me before I start like ripping sessions again. Um, So I really hope that my whole mindset right now is like, be ready to rip by indoor season. Um, I really, really wanted to run European cross this year. And it just, yeah, the weeks just snuck up on me a little too much. I might've spent too much time having too much fun at the weddings this past few months and uh, made a few mistakes there, but uh, causing the hip or whatever. But uh, it's definitely something that like, uh, we have like a group chat with like, just a bunch of like pro runners in Boulder and stuff. And uh, Collector was talking about like, uh, setting up like a 5k BU um and we had already planned to do that i'm sure everyone plans to do that um and uh it definitely like talking about that and hearing like oh shit we're gonna run fucking quick you know or like we're gonna pace this through like fast you know and ollie ollie will take us through 3k and stuff it's like man that's gonna be a hot race and i better be fucking ready for that you know so uh i'm working my ass off like i swim every night I have like this Jamie, this Australian kid in Boulder, also who has a big swimming background. Also, he's just dragging my ass through the pool, and we're doing like hour-long sessions to get the aerobic capacity up. And I'm just doing a ton of work in the weight room. So I just really hope that whole whole foundation. I know that whole foundation
0: will pay off come February. Yeah, well, but until then, the yeah. this this uh, rest of the year. Yeah, and, well, I was hoping to see you in. um what is it, Ireland? Is that where the Euros yeah, yeah. are? Obviously, I have to get selected as well, but I was like, it'd be cool if I get selected. And then I was going to ask you about that, but I don't yeah. think I'll get selected anyway, so we'll have to wait and see. Um, I'm not allowed to talk about it before. I've told myself I can't talk about the Euros before.
1: Um,
0: yeah. After the qualification, anyway. Um, when when you come back from injury, when do you sort of give the green light on being able to start hammering in again? Like When, when do you think those signs... Come in what you like, okay. I can do this now.
1: Yeah, a lot of it is just like listening to your body and just being really honest with yourself. And that's something where, like, yeah, I, you know, and we've talked about it before with like the whole mindfulness and meditation stuff. Is like the reason I do that stuff is because I'm such a hothead, like in mm-hmm. by nature. Like I have one of the shortest fuses on the team. Like, I'm like, I'm the first one that's gonna like. Confront someone about some bullshit, you know, um, in person. That's the key here, because I know where you want to go with that one. But uh, like, I'll be the first one to like walk right up to someone and talk to them, like straight to their face. Um, and I do have a lot of fire in me with that sort of stuff. Um, and that's why I do need to have like the mindfulness and meditation because I need it more than anybody. Um, but uh, that's also like my greatest downfall with running is like before German champs, when I like tore my soleus muscle, I was in so much pain that whole week. And meanwhile, I'm writing my training log to like coach Hunter. I'm like feeling great, doing fine. You know what I mean? Just straight up lying to myself, you know, that I'm okay for this. Um, and I'm going to swing back around to your question, but I think this is an important segue to it is that, uh, I was so bad at like lying to myself in training because I wanna get it done, I wanna work hard so badly that I'm willing to lie to myself and push through something. Even with this past little hip thing that flared up, which like shouldn't have been a big deal at all. Like it was, it was the day before Reed's wedding, it was uh, Reed, Drew and I were doing my repeats in Colorado Springs where a lot of the um, like that, where like Paul and those guys do all their workouts. And it's like this very hilly kind of like two lane gravel trail. And I um, felt my hip and i have been feeling for like a week but it wasn't like enough to like stop me it's like oh it's like a tight hip like whatever you know i'll get a massage and i'll be fine type of thing um and like drew i remember Drew being like dude just take it easy you know like don't worry about some mile repeats today and then i was like no fuck it i'm gonna do it and i put my hood down put, put my head down into the workout and then all of a sudden i had like a tumultuous next two weeks where it was like on and off running um so that like fire inside me to want to like push uh, is definitely something that like coach Hunter is like reigning in right now. And she just doesn't deal with my bullshit. Like she knows if I'm like shooting her straight or not with training. Um, so a lot of it is like, yeah, she's just been so slow with my comeback now to like make sure that I'm being honest with myself and that I have my feedback under me. I think the biggest thing for me is like, if I can do, you know, you know, like the standard, like six to eight miles for me right now, like a day. Um, plus a long run I know I'm ready to do like a workout like if I can run every single day pain free like I'll be good so that's like to answer your question
0: I think if obviously sometimes it might be helpful to do this but if you have to lie to your coach you're definitely lying to yourself as well like if, yeah, if you're having sure. to
1: and like and with and with like uh our old coach like Tom Schwartz like that is something that like he never batted an eye at that you know like he never cared about like if I were like if whether I told him I feel great or I feel good like I knew it never mattered so like the communication there was just so meager to begin with that like it was okay to always just like kind of just like smooth by it and be like yeah I'm good let's just go work out you know uh and that's just not the case anymore so
0: is is that one of the struggles I guess with having a group of I guess quite young guys as a whole in Tin Man. Is that, is that one of the problems where you, you sort of need a coach? Like um is it it's Joan, isn't it? I don't want to get the name yeah. Joan yet. Is that because yeah. like if you went to your problems to let's just say Jordan or Jermaine or Drew or whatever, is the part of an aspect where you're all seeing it from an athlete's point of view and that you've all got that bit of um naivety about not about wanting to push yourself still? Is that is that where you need someone to, to step in and be like, no, th- that's too if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, like a part of the reason, like our team got so close in like the first place was because like we never had that side of like care, you know, from our old coach. So it was like, yeah, if you had a problem or you weren't feeling good, you would just go to another one of your teammates to talk to them about it. But at some point, you know, we, you know, you realize like, wait, you can't put that burden on another teammate all the time. you know like early on in my professional career. And this is like, we're talking about like this 20, 20 year old kid, Drew, like basically going him and being like, dude, should I like do speed work today? Or like, should I do this? Like, do you think I'm like ready for that? You know, like, can I handle 43, 300s? Because like, I never touched that in college. Like I did mile repeats and K repeats and that was it. You know, I never ran like fast reps on the track as crazy as that is to say, like now, um, but yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that answers your
0: question. Exactly the same as me. I don't know what fast prep is. You need
1: a coach. You need, you need that type of coach to like really like be the one that's like, Hey, do
0: this. Don't do that. Yeah. I think my coach um, is recently being ill. um, So he wasn't at training and I feel like I had to take over as like being the mature one of the group. And it's hard to like, see how many, how people get completely lost when there's no coach around. Like it's so, it's 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 crazy. Um so, so you're feeling okay now then is your hip sort of is it stable again or are we talking yeah like-
1: yeah I'm running pain free again. Like I took the time I was actually patient for once in my life and I like let it you know heal naturally and get that inflammation down and saw the right people to you know fix it. So yeah, all set. I was I was freaked out because there were some nights where like I was like going to bed feeling it and stuff. And, like that's like the age old thing is like if you feel it when you're sleeping like that is not good because if you feel it when you're in bed that's either like it's really really inflamed or something's broken and that's Mm -hmm. how i felt like around this like around reed's wedding and i was like oh man like if this is like a fucking femoral stress fracture right now i'm gonna like lose my marbles you know (laughs) so really really fortunate that
0: that was not the case yeah i can imagine cross training gets to a point where if it's injury after injury starts getting like uh, i don't really want to do this anymore but then yeah. i
1: honestly don't know what i would have done like yeah i would have had to like fly to germany and just like be with my family and just like really check out and that would have sucked especially with it being such a huge year coming up mm-hmm.
0: and obviously it is a huge year coming up and i'll get on that um and a few more questions but like You've obviously had a lot of adversity in terms of injuries uh, and I guess racing, traveling to Germany, loads of different things. And I think this year, I guess, Tim man, because of your high profile, it's been sort of an easy target for certain people to like say things online. But also like it's it's easy to see it from the outside and think, oh, they're doing this wrong, they're doing that wrong. And I just wanted to like how how is the group sort of reacting? In that time I guess throughout the season when you were seeing this yeah. online and then also mm-hmm. because you're, you're a group that's still relatively very very new if we like people forget how new Timman is and before that running well getting all the merch sales everything was on the up brand deals how is that sort of first hit and sort of recovering from that and like how do you think you've changed your outlook on everything now hopefully yeah, that's not too sure. many questions in I one mean, go I'll-
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll try to get through those three main questions you asked. I think the first one is that, like, there's so many people in the sport that, like, live in their bubbles, you know? Like, it's, like, they post their photos, you know, throughout, like, the same ones throughout the whole year. It's, like, getting ready for races, base training, and they're on vacation, like, uh, you know, big announcement coming soon. They post a race announcement. It's, like, the same cycle of stuff, you know what I mean? And they have the same fans. They have the same people liking those posts and supporting them you know, and I think like that's, we were in that same bubble. Like we were in our own bubble, you know, and then we had that bubble like popped in in numerous different ways. Um, We had it popped internally um, with like the coaching change we had to go through. And then we also had it popped externally, like on social media, when all of a sudden like the floodgates open um, to like hate and how easy it was for people to jump on that bandwagon blindly. that used to be supporters or whatever, you know, just cause it was a funny thing, you know, um, and I get it. Um, like if if I was on the outside looking in, you know, um, I would be like, finally, Tin Man is taking down a peg, you know, like finally people can stop fucking talking about these guys and praising them for all this, like this, this shit they're doing. You know what I mean? Like if I was on Brooks Bees or Bowerman and I saw that happening to us, I'd probably been like, hell yeah, finally, you know, Um, but in the same sense, like, especially now, I would have known how to, like, sympathize, and, like, the people that did reach out and realize that it's, like, oh, wow, like, they're not just, the hardest thing about the whole thing was just about how bad we were running, like, it wasn't even, like, the coaching change, it wasn't even, like, The you know the the mindless Instagram comments and stuff. It was just like how bad we were running. Like that was that took the biggest toll. It was like every time we lined up, we just weren't getting it done. We were running like shit. We were getting out kicked. There was no like fire. There was no like chip on our shoulders to run for. Like it just like was just mounting and like it just is this like spiraling effect of like one thing after another. And we like knew that we had to make a change and we knew that like. Um, it wasn't working anymore, like, like we weren't having fun, you know, like with as big as a platform that we were able to build for ourselves over that short amount of time. Um, it always has a double-edged sword to it. When you compete really well, you know, you're going to have like a really nice, you know, like praise and people are going to support you and you know, like you're going to be able to celebrate it really well. Um, but at the same time when you fail um, that's going to put on display too. So like, and that's what we signed up for, um, when we decided to be as vulnerable as we are and showcase everything that we do, because, you know, there's plenty of people out there that go through an injury or even go through a coaching change. Like, I mean, look at what happened. Like Paul Chalimo is the last one left that really is coached by Scott Simmons in Colorado Springs. Like all of them have left now for another team and no one said anything about it or criticized a single one of those runners about, leaving or doing something different, you know, um, and that's great. I'm happy for them, you know, like, I'm happy they made the change that they can make the next step in their running career. Like, and that's the same reason we did that also. Um, but I guess like through, um, adversity through hate, through all of that, like you grow as a person, you know, it might hurt. It might suck to hear those things, but your bubble gets popped and you get a perspective that you didn't have before. And you don't just keep living through the same cycle you were. And you're like, wait a second, maybe we do really need to look ourselves in the mirror and like see what we're doing wrong and what we're doing really well. Um, so, um, I think that I know I can speak for myself. I think I grew more than I did in 2019, where I like came onto the scene, set the PRs, made the world championship, did all that stuff. Um, I think I grew more this past year um, than I did during that year because in that year it was just all like yes, let's go, let's run this diamond league, let's do this, let's, what's next, what's next, you know? Um, and yeah, I was growing in terms of like, my PRs are getting better. Um, and I was like getting more confidence in myself. Um, but true self-growth comes from when you're truly faced with adversity. And I think that's what a lot of us were faced with, emotionally, physically, the whole nine, so yeah. In the end, I know it's gonna make us stronger and it's gonna make us well suited for the future and it's gonna keep us away from that bubble that I think causes and that bubble, that bias that that you spoke about, about how it's like when you're so deep in it, you only see it being really good, you know, when you only see the follower growth or you see this or that, you know, or you see your times getting faster, you think tangibly you're getting better, but are you growing? That's the real question.
0: From an external very, point of view, we're very, we're very stupid for this next year. For whatever yeah, you <laughs> faced everything now. So it's I mean, there's a lot of running next year as well. So it's gonna be interesting. Um I, I just find it crazy looking from my point of view because we didn't want to post too much about it when everything was going on. We didn't want to reach out to you guys too much. I think we probably tried, I think I was speaking to Joe Hale and then he said, don't message the guys. And I think I sent you a message, then I like just said, hey I'm, i don't want to ask you this anymore type thing when online it was because it probably came at the worst time with all the the coaching situation because like you said you weren't running well and in the running community if people aren't running well fans give them no give them no chance of they, their opinion doesn't matter they're, they're automatically wrong if they're not running well and i find this crazy because i'm not going to name the name of the brand um people probably pick up what it is but like A massive scandal went on. And yes, they faced backlash, but because they had people going to the Olympics, everyone seems to have forgotten about it already and no one cares. There's blatant lies and so much going on. It's You faced so much more backlash for doing absolutely nothing wrong. And I just find that baffling. And it's purely just because
1: you you guys weren't running well. Other teams have, you know big PR firms backing them and you know telling them the right things to say. Um and it works, you know, it's why you pay those people a lot of money. It's like our PR firm was our team and our approach at the time was like, hey, let's focus on running, you know, and like let, you know, the people talk. And um yeah, looking back on it, like I do wish, you know, like we might have spoken up for ourselves more. Uh, um, But at the time, the Olympics was bearing down on us mm. and we would have never forgiven ourselves. We would have just been caught up in back and forth, you know, lies and conversations and just pettiness. And it's like, okay, look, like some kid calls us, you know, like a piece of shit or something, you know, like I got hundreds of DMS and stuff, you know, like during the t- time process and it's like, man, if I spent my energy on that and not on how do I run 13, 13, I never would have even gotten close, you know? Yeah. Unfortunately, like I still landed flat on my fucking face and failed um, on qualifying for the team, but I got damn close and I wouldn't have gotten even remotely close um, if I wouldn't have just put my... What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co head down and try to go for it. And I'll always like be proud of myself for that. And anybody that that's ever thrown like their whole heart into anything, you know, like there's going to be plenty of people this weekend at NCAAs that are going to miss out on all American and they're going to be 50th and 60th. And they think that they just poured their heart five, four years into this just to be this one thing. And, they're not going to get it. You know, I can speak firsthand about that. And, and, and Sublays, that was my one goal throughout the whole, my whole time in college. If I'm an all American, I can walk away from this sport happy. And I'll always be able to have that, you know, tagline next to me, like, and I'll be able to walk off in the sunset, even if I'm 39th, I don't give a shit, you know? And I think I was like, I think my NCAA cross, I was like 150th my freshman year and then i was like 62nd and then i was like 54th and then 51st like i was right on the bubble every single time and uh outside looking in and there's plenty of times where i was in the 20s at ak um also in that and those races hurt even more and i definitely did a lot of drinking after those races which uh didn't help me at all for my incoming track seasons after that but when that's your one goal is to like be all american for your team and be at like that low stick for your team uh yeah it hurts and it takes a long time but like i said and like my i i posted about it after i injured myself at german champs like i was like and i do like live by that still to this day where it's like it is not one race that will ever define you it's like always about like how you decide to let that race define you is how it defines you like if you want it to be a failure it'll always be a failure like if i looked at not being an all-american in cross-country as a failure i never would have you know been able to go on and run professionally and you know do anything that i've done in the past few years
0: so i think it also keeps a bit of fire in you like if you've if you take that box off as you're on the goal for five years and then you did it and you're like i've done it whereas if you didn't do it you're like i've still got quite a lot to prove to myself even from that goal yeah. i had and i think that helps quite a lot of like motivation, especially leaving college, where a lot of people probably sure. completely finish the sport. If you've got a bit of fire left in you, it can roll and domino effects and lead you. And you'll uh, be part of a massive Adidas team a few years down the line. So, I mean, any, anyone who's, who doesn't get an All-American or doesn't get the result they want and it's their final year, you're at a point where you're very, very good at the sport and anything can change within six months. Like Especially now, like there's so many fast people in those races and yeah
1: it's incredible it, I mean the depth in the NCAA right now is like we were talking about it today because NCAA cross country truly is like I don't think I'll ever have like a race that I'll love more like than that race you know and like thinking back at the years like you know Patrick Tiernan winning that title over Ches, you know like it's just uh you know Peter Sufer you know going for it for Virginia Tech like you know it's just like Tyler Day and, uh, Matt Baxter, just, you know, keeping their foot on the gas pedal and just staying up front and just pushing the pace every K throughout a whole, throughout the whole race. It's like, man, those are the races. you know, Chris Derrick going with Lally Lang, you know, like, you know, like the list goes on and on and on for me, but it's like, I'm just, have always been like, that this is the pinnacle of our sport. And like right now with like the depth, um, like on both sides of the coin um but like man like you look at the men's race and it's just like man there's like eight guys who all deserve to be an NCAA champ in cross Mm -hmm. right now like it's like from like you know from Kip 2 to Mance to you know Charles Hicks to Cooper to you know like um uh to Adrian Wildschut, did I say that? I don't know if I said that right. FSU kid on his home course, like, come on, you know? And then you have like, like I think you guys posted about him finally about like the Iconis kid from Campbell, you know? Who like ran like 13, 16 or something last year? 13, 13. 13, god damn, when the hell did he do that? (laughs) Um, He was, I guess, right behind Mark Scott and I just didn't even realize. yeah, like, it is, it is crazy, like, the depth, and the talent, and I said right now, and, like, how it's, like, the type of thing where it's, like, man, Cooper Tier is, like, you know, one of the best distance runners, you know, best up-and-coming distance runners, the best current distance runners, like, the kid almost made the damn Olympics, and he could be 15, and still have an amazing race, you mm-hmm. know, like, that just speaks volumes to, like, I don't think he's gonna be 15, but, um it just speaks volumes like how good this race is going to be
0: i know it's i'm just gonna use charles hicks because i'm gonna ask you in a second who do you want to win who do you think is gonna win team-wise <laughs> and charles hicks an example a 27 48 or 38 10k runner he didn't medal at the in track running 27 so bear in mind he is i think he was 19 years old when he ran 27 40 odd i believe yeah. that is a british um below 20 year record because i don't think he classes in the 20 it's it's weird how it works but he's like one of the fastest ever um europeans ever and he doesn't matter he's 20 like 19 like how old is he he's 20 now but like yeah he he was 19 and you you look at compared to everyone else batters everyone throughout history and you can say oh track spikes dragonflies whatever i don't think they make that much of a difference on track i'm not gonna lie but the thing is that's a whole different story that's we're not we're not getting into that today um <laughs> but like if he's not even he'd probably not even people's conversations to like seriously contend for the victory i think he will but he's probably not there's probably a level where there's Connor mans and wesley kip and then you probably got adrian and a few others and then there's probably charles hicks and i just find that crazy that he's a 27
1: yeah but that and that's the beauty about cross country is like it's a tough course it's a 10k like It's the type of thing where it's like there's no faking it. Like if Connor Mance or those people that are Kip 2 that you said are in maybe tier one, like feel remotely off or something's tight or at the end of the year something is flaring up a little bit and their stride just gets a little off, you're gonna have the Charles Hicks of the world that are gonna be ready to, you know, bear down on you over that last Mm -hmm. 2K and make you suffer for that little bit of, you know, like slip up that you may have and it will get exposed over
0: that like over a 10k cross so so predictions I'll, right. I'll be keep it nice top top three and then who do you want to win as well as your prediction for top three and then we'll talk about the teams and stuff afterwards as well
1: yeah if um who do i want i'll do who i want to win first um be abdi nur from nau um and my top three I should have talked about this on the run um I'll go Hicks three um the Campbell kid two do you know how to say his first name I'm not
0: gonna attempt it it's it's something I think it's Kyoko his second name isn't it I think I'm confident that's yeah
1: yeah um and then I'll go
0: Mance first So predictions how the race can you think Kip2 is going to take it out fade is that what you're sort of predicting based off that that I don't
1: I don't I don't don't think so um I think that like Kip2 like knows that they're too good to do that Mm -hmm. um I like I I suspect that like um the South African kid um from FSU to like that's his home course like he's been preparing on that course I think he's going to I think he's going to be the one that's going to be dictating a lot of that race. Um, And I think there's going to be just like all like the big dogs that we talked about, just kind of like lurking behind them, just waiting, you know, like the Coopers, the Hickses of the world that are just going to be in that top 10 just like buying their time and knowing that like over the last 400, like they're, they're the real weapons, you know, but are they, are, are they going to be the most, are they going to be the strongest ones? It's the real question. And that's where like, the Conor Mance's, you know, um, of the world come in and they're like, well, are you going to, is Conor Mans even going to let these kids like use any type of that, like 55 second closing speed that they have on the track, you know, Um, just going to burn them. They're at the last K. And with his experience of suffering on a cross course, like it's hard for me to see anybody beating Mance. Um, but yeah.
0: The, the funny thing is Mance is around sub 340 for 1500 as well. So he's, he's like fast as well. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. I think, I, I think wild, wild shot is going to make the race.
0: Hmm.
1: And I think, and I think Kip two is also going to make the race, but I don't, uh, you would think that after what happened last year at NCAA outdoors and like um, Mance, you know, hunting him down last year that he's, he's, that he would implement a new strategy, hmm. but who knows? He'll be wearing his gloves and arm sleeves, you know, Mr. Accessories, and just gone for it again. We'll see.
0: I um, I think I want Charles Hicks to win. Yeah. Um, and was, my, t- my top three, or Adam Fogg, but I don't think that's, that's not going to yeah. happen. So um, top Those three. Those were- man, finishing at
1: their, at their conference meet. That was so funny, man. Doing their spins and stuff. I, really. I was scared
0: they were going to get disqualified. I honestly was like, because you know what they're like, well, they, didn't, well,
1: they, didn't, they, didn't, they, they didn't curse going across the finish line. So they were fine. That's ridiculous. I think we take full responsibility for that, for, 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 for as much as amount of videos we have posted now with guys finishing a race. And the first thing they do is just scream the F-bomb, you know, like, I feel like we're just
0: responsible for that. So sorry for that kid. Maybe well, watch too many of our YouTube videos. Joey didn't help when he went on the coffee club the other day because he said that as well. He was like, "Good for oh, him. He should." Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's <laughs> I, I, someone in the UK who I train with swore across the line once, and she had to write a letter of apology to the team manager, who she took like. And I was just like, "Oh, it's just a word," but yeah, yeah. I, hopefully, no one gets disqualified for doing that because I know the first thing I'd do if I won the NCAA's, I'd, I'd say some things. And well, not well, it's now.
1: just such a. And I think, like, they talked about it a little bit in the Coffee Club podcast, but, like, man, like, think about, like, Shalane Flanagan in New York. Like, literally, yeah, like, fuck yeah, you know? And she was praised for it, you know what I mean? She made t-shirts bait about it, you know? Like, it's, like, people were going nuts for her about it. So it's just, like, a stupid double standard of, like, okay, so, like it's like edgy and like amazing when like this woman does it finishing but like when like a young kid he needs to be like taught a lesson like come on like let's let's keep the same press in here
0: yeah i think it's just a power trip from the officials that's all it is yeah sure and I, yeah i think it's probably going to be agent wild short, and then Afanas fan kyoko and then conor Mans. they're my top three predictions for the men's race and yeah. in the women's i can't see anyone beating mercy Chilanga i don't think yeah
1: it's it's hard to say like i definitely will want kelsey my girl from nc state um she's tough as nails she's won a ton of races this year she's going to be there like i could see her finishing in the top five but if i had to have a pick on the woman's side that i want to win of course the nc state team as a woman that being my alma mater um but yeah i i really like if kelsey could even crack the top three that'd be
0: amazing I think she I think she will. Uh, NC State have a real shot at f- finishing very, very well in the team at Rankins. Like that yeah, yeah, all the I way think, I
1: think I think I think they'll win. Um, I think that it's gonna take um I think it's real like they rested Hannah Steelman at regionals. Um so I think that she will, you know, place in the top twenty. Um and I think with Tui also. Um yeah, I think I think they'll I think they can have you know five American. 5 all-americans and that's what it takes nowadays to like win a title
0: so which is insane to think about yeah a few people who can make the olympics throw them in there as well just, just basically yeah. what it is these yeah. days i would be interested to see on the men's side what nico does because he's been a bit up and down this season any in fact the nau team as a whole
1: like, yeah like Bosley. like like is he gonna have his best day you know or is he going backwards like we just are only time will tell you know mm. and like what yeah. the race is i like, i love those nau boys um i'm definitely going to be cheering for them for like the team title
0: i think i won. And i
1: think notre dame also like notre dame is big sleepers like i think that like uh, i think yard is just coming into form like i think he's had a late start to the season and he's just getting better and better every race um like i think he's going to throw in his hat in like the top group also in this race i would not be surprised if i see him in the top 10 even finishing and i think that's just going to be a huge uh rally and cry for the rest of Notre Dame to like all of a sudden steal a second place or if NAU or BYU has an off day um, or Oklahoma State definitely our board Rory that'd be pretty sick if you want a national title get this ring
0: that would be crazy I feel like I think uh, that he's never going to come back on the pod he's going to be too big time no well he's, he's fine back after the race now. You know he's, he's coming back to do the Liverpool Cross Challenge which oh, is the... I feel sorry for him because he's fine back and it's going to be an absolute mud bath it's forecast snow and heavy rain all really? week so I guess that suits him. Which is imagine flying back after a ten k race in Florida. Bear, bear in mind, it's probably going to be one of the hardest cross country races anyone will ever do. Just because we yeah. gun, it'll be so hard. And you come I back in Dublin,
1: living. Ireland, would be kind of similar for European champs to just be an absolute just bloodbath.
0: Yeah, but the fact you're chasing Jakob Ingebrigtsen probably just makes you giddy all the way around. That's that's what I'd be yeah. like. I just fanboy and I wouldn't care about what's happening. Give me last <laughs> place, I don't care. Um, yeah, I think I've, been, or... I've, been in, I've
1: been in a few races with Jakob and uh, after uh, European indoor champs we were like going up on the elevator together and uh, I just like ran up on him like I just ran up on his shoulder like first like k or something you know the 3k um, and when we were going up the elevator together he was like like why didn't you why didn't you go you know like why didn't you take the lead um, and I was like you weren't gonna let me take the like no matter if I'd ran like a 27 second quarter right then and there, that's a thing that like spectators don't see in races. And it's like the centros of the world also like the way they're able to like match people's rhythm when they come up on their shoulder. And it's like, you, they could be sprinting and on camera, it doesn't look that way. But like a lot of the time people are trying to get to the front and get past people, but you don't realize in those competitions, people are just not going to let you, you know? Um, but yeah and I also tried to get him to go out with us after European champs and he was like no "No, too many too many cameras man I'm so sorry and I really like pitied him in that moment when he's because I could tell he wanted to go out and you know go to the after party and everything And it's like he couldn't you know because he was too afraid of like it would appear on the next Norwegian reality you know like series or whatever it's like oh he's getting drunk with his friends where it's like I can do that with my European buddies and like no one's going to blink an eye. It's like, oh, that's funny. Parsons is, you know, going out, you know. For him, it's different. It's like Traxton's going to be all over that if there's a picture of Jakob drinking.
0: <laughs> we're, we're actually, I think legally at this point, I'm too scared to speak about Jakob on traxter <laughs> a- Any implications? I can speak about his running, anything else, whether that's his contract, how much he gets paid. If anyone's listening, I know they probably are now. No, I'm not speaking about it because we got in. <laughs> we almost got in a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble, so um That's so funny. I'll tell you off the podcast because I can't say it on the podcast um <laughs> but yeah Jakob I think he's probably more scared of his dad like if his dad sees him drinking I don't know like a pint of beer he's like mm. yeah. um
1: I felt I felt, felt kind of sad like seeing him in Flagstaff like I know he has a new training partner now but like uh like without Henrik or Philippe there like I was like damn like it was just a few years ago where he was just going to training camp, like because his brothers were going. And now he's mm. the only one going, you know, whether it's for family reasons or not, like it's still kind of like, dang.
0: Is that yeah, era think- of like
1: three being like together like that, like over? And is it really just his right now until the young one comes up
0: in a few years? Ingrid, I- I've heard rumors about Ingrid doing a fresh old yeah. session on the treadmill. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, yeah. she's going to be very good. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think <laughs> Philip and Henrik. Good said before like they're just exper- they were like experiments and jacob's like the final thing and i love henrik yeah. and philip so hopefully they can get back to yeah. cause, like the end of day henrik not so long ago won the european champ uh, came second in the european champs
1: yeah yeah henrik philip henrik. won across. Henrik, so. Hen- henrik is such a good dude like whenever i see him at race and stuff he always is like asking how you're doing and stuff like that like he at his core is just like a good person you know
0: yeah yeah henrik doesn't, doesn't, doesn't,
1: doesn't put on for anybody you know which is something that like you don't see too often. Like a lot of people want to like put, put on, you know, like, especially when you like go to competitions and stuff. So I was yeah. really like, just themselves and they don't give a shit, you know, like there's, there's a few times where I caught myself doing that also and being like, wait, why aren't I going up to like Timothy Chariot and being like, dude, big fan. And like, once I like, you know, stop trying to be like cool guy, just be like wait a second like I'm such a fan of this sport you know it's like why me and you have you know built our relationship over the past few years it's like I'm just genuinely like such a fan of the sport and like I have selfies from worlds like you know like maybe I won't do that the next worlds but um who am I getting Like when I see chariot or you know Yuki like like I took pictures with those guys and I was like I can't like can I please take a picture like I'm such a big fan. And like they had no idea that I raced there also but um, yeah. The sport is great and I like it. it's the reason why like I've been so passionate about doing this stuff with Tim Men because I know it just deserves so much better.
0: Yeah, and I think I think with Tim Man as well, but like as a as a whole, we've spoken about this before. Everyone spoke about this in the running community because it is one one thing we do have going for us. You can get on the start line with someone who's been your idol for the last 10 years and race them and, yeah. and potentially beat them. And I think that's yeah. so cool because you're not going to get that. Yeah. I mean, that was like um, like Ritz, Ritz, Ritz was like a huge idol of mine growing
1: up. Um, like seeing his, like, my coach would always print out like uh, articles of him, like finishing and those classic footlocker photos of him, like with his eyes rolling backwards and stuff. And like me being like, I want to be able to work that hard in a race, you know, and push myself that hard. And then I've been able to race date the now and I've been able since he's in Boulder, like, like, he's at most of our workouts. Like, we work out at the same time, like, as the on guys most of the time, too. Um, and like, you know, he always comes up and daps me up and, uh, you know, like asks me how I'm doing, will give me a point about my Achilles. And it is like kind of those things where, like, you kind of have to take a step back sometimes and be like, damn, this is crazy. And the same thing, like, uh, I got to meet Bernard, the God of Worlds, also. And I like went up to him and I like introduced myself and I'm like, hey, like, I want to let you know, like, uh, I had like your poster of you finishing with your eyes popping out of your head, you know? <laughs> Yeah, like, on my wall growing up, and I also had, like, a picture of you, like, it's a very funny picture of me, it's, like, where I'm, like, very prepubescent, uh, like, 13 years old, just Justin Bieber, hair across my face, uh, like, up to his, like, hip, you know, uh, and I had that on my door, you know, like, growing up, and then I got to, like, show him, like, the picture of my door with him on it, and he was, like, man, that's so crazy, like, it was just, like, yeah, one of those moments where you kind of just step out of it and be like yeah this is that's special you know and who knows maybe 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 one day a kid will come up to me and be kicking my ass in a 5k or something and be like dude you meant the world to me at one time and that that will be the moment where i can walk off into
0: the sunset and know that i left the sport a little better than where i found it do you find like there's an obligation now if someone comes up to you for a photo because this i find this crazy because it happens to me and I barely show my face, so it must happen to you a lot. But like, <laughs> how much of your thought goes in like before you go to a race? Like, I need to try to do my hair. So then, if someone asks for me a photo, no, I get at least. No, they haven't my wall forever. it's not I need all, to look good.
1: Not at all. You might, yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> and I think, I, I, think, I, feel, I, think the big, I think the big thing with that is that like, like whenever someone does try to try to like come up to me or like has the courage to say hi and stuff, and it's like kind of the whole part about the team platform is like look like if you watch our videos and stuff, you know, we're just like goofy kids at heart. And uh, if you come up to us, like that's the same person you're going to get, you know, like you're not going to get some stoic like person that's going to like make you feel uncomfortable and awkward, you know? Um, and I just, it's really important to like make them feel as equals, you know, because like I said you before, I remember damn well being that kid too, going up to Bernard Lagarde, I think my dad even was like, go, go, like asking for a picture. You know what I mean? Um, and I remember that feeling. So like, whenever, you know, like that does happen to me like, I always want to like, be able to like talk to him a bit about like, whether it's a race coming up or just how they're doing. Because I know like when I was that age going up to Bernard Bernard I was like, what race do you have coming up? And I was like, oh, I'm racing a mile. And he was like, all right, what's your goal? I would have been like, fuck, I'd better break 440 now. You know what I mean? Or like whatever it might have been, you know, like that would have sent shockwaves through my system hearing that stuff. So yeah, it's important to remember that.
0: I find it crazy, like being a fan of, like a huge fan of the sport that we both are. And then like, you're sort of ingrained in it so you can speak to these people and you have access to these people who some people would fanboy over. And it's weird how you try to control yourself without like dying inside of excitement. Like, it's it, I speak to like I guess Tim Man guys now it's it's like fine but a lot of people will be like what's going on but like if I, I was speaking with Sendrowitz a few weeks ago and he was sending me voice notes and I was like how's this normal for me that I'm just speaking with an Olympic champion and he's <laughs> he's sending me uh, voice messages because he can't be bothered to type and like I was DMing Mo Farah and I'm like this doesn't make any sense and it's it's crazy how that actually can happen and I still to this day I'm like. I don't know when the line is or when do I need to act cool or when do I need to act as a fanboy? And it's, yeah, look, it's,
1: the thing is, is always just like being yourself because if, if you are just yourself through the whole process, like, you'll never be able to look back and be like, Oh, why did I do that? Or why did I say that? You know? Yeah. It's, I was just being myself. So. Can't be to- like that.
0: I was I was trying to te- check um the Tim Mann's Instagram just to see when the drops dropping because I don't want to keep it too long. Yeah, until we the got
1: four. We got fourteen minutes, so I'm gonna have okay. to run downstairs, to be sure everything is good to go.
0: So, okay, is it is it cool if I close off this podcast with one last uh, one last question? That's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever you so, got. So, so. Last time you came on, we asked you what would you change about the sport. I think because we asked everyone, that. I'm pretty sure we asked you as well.
1: Okay
0: things change and obviously you've had a year and a half more experience lots of ups and downs has any has that changed at all like where do you stand now on improving the sport as a whole um and yeah oh man
1: um yeah i mean i to, like i wish i wouldn't remember exactly what i said before in our last podcast uh but i think just like you know, you see it and you see Chris Chavez right now talk about a lot like F1 a lot right now and like how well they build those storylines and everything. And it's like, that is at the heart of what we do at Tin Man. And it's like, um, I really do think just like if people can get behind like the athletes and like actually have like a personality and stuff where it's like, Hey, look, like if I get to a starting line this next year and like, I tell people that I'm racing and you know, there's an extra thousand people that tune into that and like give a shit about it because of that and like maybe in turn draw inspiration from it and then if those you know and if there's 50 kids that were watching that race that are also maybe creatives that also want to like take photos or like do something in the sport to like showcase it in a new light um it just has like a snowball effect from that so i think like the more things that i can do just personally that i think would be cool for the sport to like see whether it's like oh, I think I could make this hoodie, that would be sick. Or, you know, I think that if we share this type of thing on our YouTube platform or something or whatever it may be, like, um, I think those type of things truly do have a snowball effect that you'll never see fully. Um, You know, I see tons of, you know, more and more, like, you know, younger high school kids, like, start YouTube channels and stuff. And it's like, yeah, like, whether it was us or Spencer or whoever, you know, like, had that impact for them to wanna like do that, who knows? Um, But just to be a catalyst, like I I think the biggest thing for me personally is like, I don't want to be a bystander within the sport. And I think that the more people that are not just bystanders and, um, and, and by bystander, I mean someone that just goes through the motions, that gets their contract, goes to the races, runs fast, leaves the races, posts about it, and like thinks they're, you know, doing great and you know like maybe that is enough maybe them just showing up to race and being healthy will inspire kids also and their be their favorite runner but like I always feel like like I told said the same line before like the sport deserves so much more and people talk about doing stuff all the time and I constantly I hope that when people when I retire like the first thing that people say isn't something about like oh, wow, Sam ran 1310 or, you know, something like that. Like, I really hope they don't just list my PRs. Like, I hope they say something about how, you know, I started something or there was more people that, like I said before, it's like that, oh, he left the sport better than he found it. And it was because of, you know, the the inspiration and the creativity that, you know, was implanted in more people to want to like, yeah, push the boundaries of what could be done within the sport. Um, and I'm constantly inspired by other people also um, and I'm looking for other people also for inspiration constantly um, so it's definitely just a mutual thing but
0: yeah not so to be biased ha- on having those people who act more people like you essentially that I know that's cliche to say but like so. creatives out of the box thinkers I think just very quickly Morgan said on the coffee club he was like they Had an on 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 meeting, see, it feels weird saying on and as their company name, so yeah. on running meeting. And um, he said he he showed a tin man sticker as one of the yeah. things on could do. And I think that's just crazy that he's going to a company what is what currently valued at 42 billion on the stock yeah. market and showing a tin man sticker is like, we can do this, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like
1: it's in our, we're still doing this in our just our basement, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, those stories are always really cool. And like, I appreciate Morgan, like, not only for you know, like uh that moment but also for you know like the little moments where he'll call us out and stuff too because it's like yeah it's important not to live in your bubble all the time because if you live in your bubble too much you know you're just going to stay there and be the same person
0: you got to step out of the bubble to
1: grow like I just talked about before
0: but yeah yeah absolutely um so I'm going to close the podcast off there and you briefly mentioned calling someone out so I just want to say you're welcome for not including any questions about how your very good friend, Craig Engels from college has joined the dark side your enemy and um, how that makes you feel uh, that he's being West Fly. And obviously he said that he wouldn't save either of you if you were falling off a cliff. So it's nice of you.
1: I, I, I had a good chat with him after that. He, he texted me, and we talked and I got a good kick out of it. It is something that it's really important to like, you gotta learn how to like laugh at yourself, you know? And it's, that's like one of the many things I learned during this past year, it's like, yeah. The meditation thing it's pretty funny like i get it <laughs> um and uh yeah it's all it's it, it's all in good fun you got it yeah. you got it you got to just keep it light and like you know the only times it's ever upset me is when like my parent or someone will see something and be like upset about it and i'm like all right that sucks you know because now it's like something that upset like them and i'm like hey come on you know but other than that it's all in good fun yeah. And Craig's joining Tin Man anyway. So once his once his Nike deal is up in December. So
0: I feel like everyone <laughs> fair enough. I think that should be that would be very good move from. Uh, I, I, I
1: don't know. Really, I don't even know what Craig's gonna do. It'll be really interesting to see where he ends up and what he does. It's crazy that um yeah, that Pete Julian's team is basically just like like just like powerhouse women's team now. And Bauerman um only has like four four or five girls now. Like, it's crazy. Like there was like a huge exodus that I don't think is getting enough attention. Like, it's like, it's crazy how many people have left and like, why were the reasons they actually left? Like, maybe we'll never know. Like, um, but there's definitely a a lot of storylines there that like are just getting swept under the rug and so be it, you know, but
0: that always Only happens always happens in running but yeah pete jillian's team hopefully actually is a proper t- official team soon because I'm i know i love i love i love pete like uh he's such a good dude like he he's such a caring
1: person i truly appreciate all the times i've been able to talk to him he's has some crazy he has like some crazy stories about like the years he spent in like nepal and stuff and like the things he learned during that time like he's like uh he's got a lot of depth to him and i uh when we were like talking about like um you know next coaches and stuff we kinda like made a list of like if you could you know be coached by anyone like who would like like who to be and stuff like that and like Pete was definitely one of the guys like on the top of my list just for the amount of respect for him and stuff. Like I know that he has some unfortunate past with his connections to the Oregon projects and stuff, but He's one guy that I think truly has rose from those ashes um, because of just the person that he is and the way he was able to navigate that awful situation. Um, yeah. yeah, For Absolutely.
0: A right. I'm going to let you get off. Best yeah. of luck with the drop. Um, if anyone's listening, I'm not sure if it'll have all sold out by now. I'll leave the link probably on our Instagram or in the description of this podcast. If it's not sold out, which it will be, check out the <laughs> shop And uh, yeah, thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure as always. And uh, yeah, best of luck with uh, the season ahead. Thank you so much, Alfie.
1: Till next time, brother. See ya. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar.